Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. And if you've got your Bibles, turn over to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 13. Luke 12, beginning with verse 13. We're in a sermon series here on Sunday morning called Storyteller. And we're going through the Gospel of Luke and looking at several of the parables that Jesus told. Some of these are are very relevant uh, for today. We said a parable was just a a short story that made a profound religious point. And uh, so we're going to be looking over into Luke chapter 12 beginning with verse 13 today. Now as I look out here uh, at campus and I'm sure most of you at home you've been keeping up with the rice harvest in Japan right? Good I figured you had been yeah absolutely. Well one of the things going on with the rice harvest in Japan they take the kernels of rice off but then you have all of this rice straw that's left and for years what they've done with the rice straw is they've just burned it. Got a picture here of them burning the rice straw uh, right there. And yet what's come out in the recent years is a lot you can do with this rice straw. You can feed it to livestock. It's good for erosion control, for compost, for mulch, for making paper, building materials. But no matter what's been said, the, the thing that keeps happening is people are just used to burning it. And so it just gets burned up year after year until finally a couple of years ago, some artists came up with an idea. And they've started going out in the fields with all of the rice straw and they started making sculptures and it's basically become like a big fair where everybody gathers around, there's food vendors, everything else is happening and, uh, and then they take that rice straw and they reuse it. And here's some of the pictures of some of the sculpting that have been made uh, with some of the rice straw that's there. Here's another one right there. You get your whole family uh, in. That's the family picture there. But it's interesting how sometimes something that can be very important uh, is often totally forgotten about. And that's what we're going to see in the story that Jesus tells over in Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 13. Now, it's often interesting in the parables that Jesus tells, you really can't understand the parable unless you see what happened to cause Jesus to tell the story in the first place. And often we just miss that part and we go on and we just read the parable and we think, okay, I know exactly what that's saying. But if you don't read what caused Jesus to tell the story, you're probably missing the point. So in in verses 13 through 15, we find out why Jesus is telling the story that we're going to look at today. So let's look down at that. Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 13. Now someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So Jesus is teaching. Uh, There's a huge crowd that's gathered around, and a guy yells out in the crowd, and he says, Uh, teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me 
Now, it's interesting when, when you see that, this man obviously has a grievance. Uh, he seems to be uh, being ripped off from his family inheritance. Now, Dr. Garrett last week talked about the prodigal son, and he talked about the fact that even the younger children inherited uh, things that were their fathers. The older child generally got control of the major assets, but the younger children still inherited. And so something was going on here. Either the man's older brother was not uh, uh, faithfully allowing him to inherit uh, or else his father had cut him out of the will. But something was going on. The man felt aggrieved. And so he goes to Jesus and he says, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, it's interesting the response Jesus has to this because this seems to be uh, a fairly reasonable request. But in verse 14, Jesus says, Hey, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you and your brother? And then Jesus goes on, and in verse 15, he tells the reason why he's going to tell the story that follows. He says, watch out, be on your guard. In other words, there's something that you need to be careful about and that you need to be guarding against. And you need to guard against greed. And then the purpose of the story is the last line. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So that's the story. That's the reason that Jesus tells it is that life consists in more than just the stuff that we have. So we begin and we're going to look at the story. And the first thing we see is this, and that it's a lot more important to be rich towards God than rich in this world. It's more important to be rich towards God than rich in this world. So let's actually read the story. It starts in verse 16. So Jesus said, okay, watch out for greed. Life is a lot more than your possessions. And then he told them this parable. And this is the parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what am I going to do? I have no place to store all of my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but are not rich towards God. Very simple story here. It's actually one of the longer parables that Jesus tells. Uh, but in the parable, you have a rich guy. He has a great harvest. Uh, the harvest is so big, it's enough to, uh, to get him through with a good lifestyle the rest of his life. But he has no way to, to store it all. So he tears down his current barns. He builds bigger ones. Uh, he says, now I've got enough to live the good life and retire for the rest of my days. And God says, you're a fool this night. Your life is going to be required from you. So we hear that story, and the first thing we see is really very simple. And that is, being rich towards God is more important than being rich in this world. This man was obviously rich in this world. He had everything this world could offer, but he was missing the most important thing, which was God. Now, sometimes we take this story out of context. And one thing we say when we look at this story is we look at it and we say, well, the problem was the man was rich. He had all of these things, and all of these things corrupted him, and so his problem was that he was rich. But the problem in this parable isn't that the man has a lot of stuff. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's bad to have a lot of things or to be rich. As a matter of fact, some of the richest people in the world were good, faithful people in the Bible. 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were probably three of the richest people in the entire world in their day. David and Solomon were very wealthy people. Uh, Solomon, one of the blessings God gave him uh, was great possessions and great wealth. There's nothing wrong with having things or being wealthy. It's a neutral to God. God doesn't care how much you have or how much you don't have. God cares what you do with what you have. So the problem here isn't the, the, the man was rich. A second thing we sometimes think is, well, the problem was the guy made this big elaborate plan and now he's just going to quit working. He's going to take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry, and that's the problem. But that's not the problem at all either. God has nothing against you having a good plan for your retirement and you being prepared for it and after working all of your life, taking it easy. As a matter of fact, it's probably pretty prudent uh, to plan for retirement and to have enough where you can live on uh, afterwards. Proverbs 13:22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So even planning beyond uh, your own children to their children. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with having a plan. As a matter of fact, uh, you're probably foolish if you don't have a plan. So then what's the problem with the man? Why do we call him a rich fool? What's foolish about what the man does? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 20 and 21. Look down at verse 20. God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you, and then who will get what you prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up for themselves, but is not rich towards God. The problem wasn't that the man was rich in this world or had a good plan for retirement. The, the problem was that's the only plan he had. He was rich in this world, but he wasn't rich towards God. And being rich towards God is a lot more important than being rich in this world. Because what this man didn't know was he had his, own, his whole plan. He was going to live in great luxury the rest of his life. Everything was going to be good, and he was going to live out his days in great wealth and retirement. He didn't know he was going to die that very night and stand before God in judgment. So what did it matter that he gained all of these possessions if he's going to stand before God in judgment and he knows nothing about God at all and he's not rich towards God? So that's the problem the man has in our story. The problem is he has no riches towards God. There's no relationship with God. There's no salvation here. All he has are the things of this world, and the things of this world come and go, and then your kids end up fighting about what you have left over. And so uh, here's this man totally missing the point of what life is all about. Anybody here uh, remember Leona Helmsley? The billionaires, uh, Leona Hemsley, who said, only the little people pay taxes, rich people don't pay taxes. There's Leona with her dog right there. But Leona wasn't the nicest person in the world. By the time she died, she had no friends left. She'd alienated everybody. She was alienated from her family, and she had a $5.2 billion fortune. And this was 20-something years ago or something like that. So when she died, she left nothing to her family, although she did say to her son, to my son, I leave nothing except the opportunity to work for a living, something you've never done before. And uh, so that's what she left her, her son in her will. And uh, some of you might be thinking about that. That's what I need to do with, with my will right now or, or something like that. Uh, and so then she left her fortune to her dog. She left it to her dog because she had no friends or family she wanted to leave it to. And so here was a person with everything this world could literally offer, 
and yet miserable at the end with not any people even she cared enough about to leave anything to. And so being rich in this world is not the same thing as being rich towards God, and being rich towards God is so much more important. So if that's what's important, if it's important to be rich for God, uh, therefore we should strive to be rich in that way. And so the question becomes, how can I be rich towards God? If that's what counts, if being rich towards God is a lot more important than earthly riches, because we're going to die and leave them, then how do I get to be rich towards God? And we're going to look at three things I think our, our story points out about how to be rich towards God. What do we need to do? And the first one is this. Therefore, we need to strive to be rich towards God by how? By accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the foundation of everything. It is, it is what everything else is built on. If you do not have Jesus in your life as Lord and Savior, then you will never be rich towards God. You can have all of this world's riches, all of this world's uh, things that it can offer you, and all of the luxuries of this world, but if you're not rich towards God and it begins with your salvation, then you've missed the whole boat. So it all comes down to, am I rich towards God. Look back uh, in our scripture passage again to verse 20. God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So the man stored up earthly things. He didn't store up anything towards God. And so the beginning point of storing up things towards God is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it really involves some very simple things. First, it involves you looking at yourself and saying, look, I can't fix me. You know, I've tried. The way I'm trying to do the world isn't working. Uh, I keep messing up. I keep failing. I keep hurting people uh, over and over again. It doesn't seem to be succeeding. My way in running the world isn't working. So that's the first thing you have to admit. I'm a sinner. I'm away from God. My way of running the world just doesn't seem to be working out for me. And there comes a time in everybody's life when they finally have to admit they're not God and they can't run the world. Something will happen. You'll get sick. Your, your money will run out. You'll lose your job. There'll be a relationship that ends. Something is going to happen that will cause you to see you're not in charge of the world. And there has to come that point in your life when you say, okay, something's wrong, I'm not in charge, I can't do this on my own. And then that's where it comes to the second thing of looking at God and saying, okay, I can't do it, but there is a God that can. There's a God that's over this world, that runs this world, that sent Jesus to die for me. And you go to that God and you say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Uh, help me to become your servant and to follow you. And that changes then everything about you. Because you cannot be good enough to save yourself. You're only saved by Jesus dying on the cross to forgive you when you didn't deserve it. And if you're trusting in anything else for your salvation, you're up the creek. I don't care how much you know about God or the Bible. I don't care how many times you win Bible baseball. Do we even play Bible baseball anymore? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I don't care uh, how many good things you may do. The only way your sin is taken away is by Jesus dying in your place, taking your sins upon him, and you come to God and say, I can't do it, I accept you, I'm going to follow you both as my Lord and my Savior. That's the foundation. If you want to be rich towards God, you have to have God in your life as Lord and Savior. 
There's a lady by the name of uh, Diana Mendoza. Diana Mendoza was Miss Universe in 2008, Miss Venezuela. There's a picture of Diana right there. Uh, and uh, she had everything the world could offer. She was beautiful. Uh, she was Miss Universe. She got modeling contracts, commercial contracts. She became an actress, got a big house, all kinds of money. And then when coronavirus hit, she said she started looking at life a little bit differently. And this is what Diana Mendoza uh, said just a couple of weeks ago. She said, I was famous and had everything the world could give me. But then I began to have doubts. Then I began to have fears. And I began to see that this virus is a lot greater than any money that I might have in my bank. And I became afraid. And I began to say, what is life all about? What if I died today? What would my, what would my etern eternity look like? And I became afraid. And it was then a friend told me about Jesus and how much Jesus loved me and how much Jesus died for me. And I was baptized this week. And I want you to know when I came out of the water, I felt more joy than any beauty contest win ever gave me. There she is coming out of the water. You see the, the ministers are wearing their masks because they're being socially responsible there uh, as she comes out of the water. But what a statement. I found more joy than any beauty pageant win could ever give me. So what was she saying? I've, I've been rich towards this world. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being Miss Universe or being a, a, an actress or, or getting a lot of money or having a nice house. There wasn't anything wrong with that. 